I'm your host, Karen Nelson, and you're listening to Becoming You Again, episode number 78. Welcome to Becoming You Again, the podcast to help with your mental and emotional well-being during and after divorce. This is where you learn to overcome the trauma of your divorce by reconnecting with yourself, creating lasting emotional resilience, and living a truly independent life so your life will be even better than when you were married. I'm your host, Karen Nelson. Hi, welcome back to Becoming You Again. I am so happy that you're here listening to this, working on yourself. That is such a beautiful thing. And it's my birthday week. Yes, I am one of those December birthday babies, a Sagittarius. And I am actually turning 45 in a few days. Wow. Wow. 45. That's crazy to even think about. But I have been thinking about my birthday and I realized I've really made some pretty amazing changes in my life leading up to these 45 years, especially over the last six or so years. I got divorced when I was 39 and I have really used the last six years to reconnect with myself and kind of heal from some of the ways that I was living my life that I didn't realize at the time was really detrimental to me. And one of the things that I realized is that I was a huge people pleaser. This is something that I'm still working on. I'm not perfect at it. I still do want to please people in my life, but I recognize now more than ever that it's up to me to decide whether or not trying to please people or loving people in a way where I do want them to be happy and I do want them to feel comfortable isn't coming at the expense of my own well-being, at the expense of my own needs and my own desires. So I wanted to talk about that today. People-pleasing. Because as a woman, I know that probably the majority of women listening to this podcast have identified or maybe still identify themselves as a people-pleaser. People-pleasing or should we say other people pleasing, is when you are trying to make other people happy or feel good about who we are or like us, but it comes at our own expense. And if you've been raised as a woman in today's society, there has probably been a lot of conditioning going on around people pleasing, and you probably don't even know that this is happening to you. Women in today's society are taught through very subtle means that it is our job to make other people feel comfortable. It is our job to make other people feel happy. And we are taught to look at our own wants and our own needs as not as important. We are taught to kind of undervalue our own experiences and our own opinions. We're kind of just taught this idea of you better just get along. Don't be too loud. Don't be too vocal. Definitely don't be too opinionated about things. And especially don't make waves. So I want you to think about this for a minute. Think about a woman who voices her opinion or who disagrees with something and makes that disagreement known. That woman is often labeled as bitchy or aggressive or loud or catty. And the label, unfortunately, often comes from men. But also other women use this label toward other women as well. And when I think about this, it reminds me of this Seinfeld episode, maybe you've seen it, where a woman in Elaine's office walks past her and two of her co-workers, and she doesn't swing her arms when she walks. And Elaine and a few men are standing together as she passes by, 
And the men start making comments about how weird it is. And one guy says something like, well, her arms are just hanging. They're like salamis. And then the other guy is like, yeah, she's walking like an orangutan. And then Elaine comes back and says, better call the zoo. Literally in that voice that I just said, just deadpan, better somebody better call the zoo. And both men look at Elaine and go, and then they like hiss like she's a cat. And then they walk away calling her very catty. And this is what's really interesting. The men are looked at as correct in what they were saying. Like they were just making an observation of this woman. And then Elaine voices her opinion, and she's immediately judged as catty, as the bitch of the group, as the judgmental one of the group. Now, of course, Seinfeld, it's a silly example because everything is over-exaggerated in that show, right? But they do it to prove a point, to prove the point that these things in society, they really, truly do exist. And it's our job to make note of them and to make the changes in our own lives where we want to. So with this idea of women who are too vocal, too opinionated, we are being judged as catty and bitchy and overbearing and aggressive. It kind of teaches us that it's better if we hold back. It's better if we not speak up. It's better to be quiet and to just go along with how things are, right? And then we do that and this behavior then becomes part of our existence. We want people to like us. We don't want to be labeled as bitchy or aggressive or catty. We want people to feel good around us. We want to fit into the crowd, right? Like, for example, think of being at the playground with your kids and there's all the other moms there too. And all of those moms are talking about how amazing their kids are. And my kid is in Taekwondo and my kid is in ballet and they're doing so amazing and they're getting all A's in school. And you don't want to speak up because your child is a holy terror and getting D's and is coming home angry and upset all the time. And so you pretend and you agree. You don't want to speak up because that's embarrassing and they might have thoughts about you, right? Or we want others to feel comfortable, even if that means that we feel uncomfortable. Like when your ex continues to walk into your house unannounced and stick around for hours but you don't want to tell him to stop because you don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation or he might think something bad about you or he might tell the kids something bad about you. And so instead, we show up in this people-pleasing manner to try and control all of these outside things that we can't actually control. When you are people-pleasing, you are in a state of constant stress because you're trying to keep other people happy so that hopefully you can also be happy And you're also trying to stay safe emotionally. But trying to control how others feel is an impossible task. We know this, right? On the surface level, when we really think about it and we're logical about it, we know we can't control how other people feel. But when we're in the moments, it's not as easy as remembering that we can't control how other people feel. We still try to. That's why we people please. (laughs) And because this is an impossible task, our underlying stress response kicks in while we're people-pleasing, because we are trying to guess what we might be able to do to make the other person happy. But we are also trying to force ourselves to be happy in situations when internally our thoughts are just not creating happiness. A common factor of people-pleasing is 
You want others to have what they want, but it's to the detriment of our own wants. So you'll choose something to try and make someone else happy, but it's not what you want. It's not what you would choose. And then you're the one feeling unhappy or uncomfortable at the expense of allowing them to hopefully feel happy in this experience, in this moment, in choosing this thing. For example, when I was married, I was a huge, huge people pleaser. And at one point later in my marriage, this was about, I think it was the summer before we decided to call quits on things. My husband had become an ultra marathon runner. He had been doing this for the last few years. But at one point in our marriage, he had asked me if I wanted to enter a trail series run with him. And basically that meant like three runs over three months during the summer. And those runs progressively got longer. It was like a 5K, a 10K, and then like a half marathon or something. And I was desperate to make him happy. I was in a place where I felt completely disconnected from him and our marriage. And so being the people pleaser that I was, I said, yes, let's do this. I wasn't a trail runner. I didn't enjoy running. I think the most that I would run, you know, a couple of times a week was like three to four miles, maybe all on road. And I only did that because I knew that running burned more calories than walking in the same amount of time. It wasn't like I did it because I enjoyed it. It wasn't like I got a high from it. I didn't enjoy it. I was a slow runner. I am a slow runner. And it's never been something that I have been passionate about. Like he was, he was an ultra marathon runner. Of course he loved it, right? Only people who love running become ultra marathon runners. But I was desperate to try and make him happy. I still was in the space of believing that if he was happy, then I would be happy. I hadn't quite understood or learned that that was not the case at all. And so I said yes to something that I didn't want to do. And I was completely unprepared to do this series. And of course, we didn't even run it together because he's at the front of the pack running and coming in, you know, first or second or toward the front. And I'm way at the back coming in hours and hours after almost last every single time, right at the end of every single race. But this is what we do, right? We make ourselves uncomfortable and do things that we don't want to do at all in an attempt to make others like us and to make others happy so that hopefully, maybe we'll be happy in their shadow, in their presence. Their happiness will rub off on us. So we basically lie to ourselves and then we are lying to them as well. And if you're hearing this and you're recognizing this in yourself and you have been showing up as a people pleaser in your life, just know that when you people please, you are giving up on acting on your own behalf. You are giving up on being the advocate for yourself and for your wants and your needs. And you're trying to possibly have some control or influence on someone else's thoughts and feelings, which again is never truly possible in any way. And the longer you continue to people please, the less confident in yourself you will feel and the less confident you will feel in your choices And the less connected you will feel to yourself and knowing what your own wants and your own needs are. You are definitely disconnected from yourself. You're in a constant stress response state. You are creating so much anxiety, so much panic, so much worry for yourself, trying to control something that's completely outside of your control, which is someone else's thoughts and emotions. And at the same time, you're completely discounting your own thoughts and emotions believing that they are just not as important as this other person's. 
comfort and happiness. So the way out of people-pleasing is to get curious about what it is that you want others to think about you. Because remember, one of the main reasons we do it is to get others to feel good about us or to like us. So what specifically do you want those people to think about you? And then your work here is to start to think and believe those things about yourself. I would brainstorm here. I would write out everything that you want people to be thinking about you. And then I would pick one and then come up with some stepping stone thought options and then begin the process of believing that new thought about yourself. You are worthy of happiness just as much as anyone else on this planet. Your wants and your needs hold value just as much as anyone else on this planet. But it's not someone else's responsibility to value you, to value your wants and your needs, or to even make you happy. That is fully your responsibility. And I have really, really amazing news for you. You're totally capable of making it happen. It starts with letting go of people-pleasing. All right, my friends, that is what I have for you today. I will talk to you next week. If you like what you're learning on the podcast and you're ready to create lasting change and results in your life, then you need to be working one-on-one with Karen as your divorce coach. This is where we take everything you're learning in the podcast and 10 exit with implementation and weekly coaching, where you start to see change in yourself and your life immediately. To find out more about how to work exclusively with Karen, go to www.karennelsoncoaching.com. That's www.karinnelsoncoaching.com. Thanks for listening. If this podcast agreed with you in any way, please take a minute to follow and give it a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more details about how I can help you live an even better life than when you were married, make sure and check out the full show notes by clicking the link in the description. Oh, 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 oh,